0: listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast, brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Again, code word PHNX. You'll be hearing about that later. All right, we've already got a du- tons of comments to get to, but first, let's talk a little bit of Arizona football. We'll get our thoughts, and then we're going to hear from all of you, because again, you're the ones that make this show go. Okay, first, John Schuster, we're going to talk about the defense, obviously, uh, throughout the show. Yes, the defense needs a ton of work, but. As you and I were talking about before I came on, this is a pretty dynamic offense, and I think it's fair to say by this stage in the game with Jaden DeLora that Arizona's probably got a quarterback that you could make the case. probably hasn't had since maybe Matt Scott was here, and that he can move, he can make plays. The receivers who we're going to get to are very, very good. This is a this is offense that can is going to be able to put up points and is going to be able to get a lot of yards through the air
1: and that helps them and it's uh, one of those uh, games where you knew that the opposition's defense struggled Colorado of course struggles across the board but when you have <laughs> situations like that uh, very often teams with good offensive personnel and Arizona has improved to good offensive personnel mm-hmm. uh, are able to exploit that and. Uh, that's what Arizona generally was able to do tonight. They controlled the game. They were always the better team. Offense had gaudy numbers. A lot of the specifics we can get into. Delora has a career high. Uh, Cowan's, uh, what, uh, I think caught for 180, 190 mm-hmm. yards. Uh, you know, there's uh, they had 400 yards and 49 plays in the first half. So Arizona's offense was there. Yet, I feel like this game has comma splice elements to it. Right. Even though the final was 43-20, to which looks really good, Arizona felt, to me, left 17 points on the field and could have put this, instead of it being a two-possession game, which it was most of the time, seems like they could have put this game together uh, away in the first half. This had a chance to be 38-7 in the first half, legitimately. Not if everything goes right here and there. And the concern that I have moving ahead, other than... Every other team on the schedule is better than Colorado, uh, (laughs) is that in the first two games of the year, San Diego State and uh, North Dakota State, one of the things that Arizona did a really good job of was limiting mistakes, not too many turnovers, not too many penalties. Arizona doesn't have a particularly large margin of error, as, as we are aware. Against Mississippi State, they created some mistakes, they made some mistakes. In the Cal game, they made some mistakes. And in this game tonight, I think they had six or seven penalties and some of those penalties were huge. They also had first and goal at the one, couldn't get it in. Uh, So, so it seemed like in the first three quarters, when Arizona had opportunities to do what it should have done, put this game away, uh, they were only able to control and eventually seal the deal because they had better personnel. But if they do those sorts of things against uh, opposition that is precipitously better, right? Like everybody else on this schedule, <laughs> then Arizona's going to be on the wrong end of those matchups, and we're going to talk about how mistakes killed them. So the frustration to me, and again, the offensive numbers. I mean, in, in terms of fantasy, you know, personalities, uh, you get this situation where you like what you see. Delora looked excellent tonight. Almost as excellent as Mike Luke does with his fancy collared shirt. shirt. And that is big time. Uh, One of us clearly was uh, VIPing on site. Some of us were up in the press box. Some some of us were up in the press box and some of us were not. Some of us were wearing t-shirts and having Columbo behind us. Uh, But nevertheless, it it is one of those uh, matchups where there was enough I don't think Arizona's as clean a team as it was in the early stages, and they can't regress from this point on. Uh, so, so this is a very good win. Arizona did what it needed to do in a game that wasn't was, sure, they get the W, which is what they needed to do. But it kind of indicates to us that, yes, Arizona's improved, but there's still a lot of work to do. And had they lost this game to Colorado, or had this been even more competitive, uh, then you start to wonder whether Arizona's as advanced as we think they may be. Uh, but I think Arizona's clearly making uh, strides. The talent is obviously better. I think Delora's, if you give Delora time, Mike, what a shocker, he's, right. you know, if you got a good he's quarterback good. with skills, he's good. Uh, and that's going to be something that on the offensive end, uh, Arizona is going to have to address in the off season, along with the defense, as you talked about at the top. So, so while it's a, it's a good W and a convincing W there were issues that stood out to me as well. That could have made this even more dominant than it was. And that concerns me moving ahead.
0: All right, everybody out there. I want to give everybody out there a big congratulations though, because I've had a number of people from the U of a that have come up to me in the past couple of days, including U of a associate head coach, Jack Murphy talking about the back, the a movement here that has gone, uh, it's on Catrans now that are going through the University of Arizona, which I was fortunate enough to see the other day. Um, he, got, Jack came up to me and he said, let's back the A and get that victory. So again, what started out as just kind of a fun thing has really kind of uh, metastas- metastasized in a good way throughout the community right here and again you guys are the reason this happened again can't thank you all enough i will see all the back the a remarks coming in here right now so again you guys are all the best now when it comes i thought before the year and we're again we're going to get to the defense a lot cuz it's this was far from perfect but we talked about it before the season shoe that you know the, i thought that the the offense especially the passing game was going to have to carry this team what arizona has right now are three thousand yard caliber receivers and Jacob Cowing. You could make the case to um uh you could make the case I agree get the merch out um that <laughs> he's the best wide receiver honestly you could maybe go back 20 years I mean again we got to see more I get it but he's really really good um you see Dorian Singer he's gonna catch for over a thousand yards this year he went over for buck fifty today uh t mac uh, the five-star freshman. You can tell he's coming around. And then you've got the tight end. You and I have been joking about the usage of the tight end for so many years, shoe, where people talk about, all right, well, this is the year that Arizona is going to use the tight end. Well, no, not really. It never happens. Tanner McLaughlin is a tight end that is going to probably catch 30 or 40 balls. So right there, I just named four pass catchers and a good quarterback that Arizona just didn't have last year. There was none of that. So while we're going to get to the defense in a second, the offense is significantly better than it was last year, and that's got to be a tip of the cap to Jed Fish.
1: Unquestionably, and, and, and the coaching staff's ability from a recruiting standpoint to, uh, bring, to significantly improve uh, the skill set, which they've done. Now, one of the things I'm curious about, and this is uh, one of those discussions that we always have, and it's an issue when you have limitations on both front lines, You want your offense to be balanced. You want to be able to run the football to uh, make the pass a little bit more effective. I would not be surprised, given the skill personnel that uh, Arizona has at the receiver position, if they decide instead to try to keep an extra blocker back, uh, Mm -hmm. using a running back as a blocker to give Delora more time, and to see if those skill position players... Even against defenses that uh, try to work against Arizona's passing game, uh, are able to separate a little bit and give Arizona the offensive punch it uh, kinds of ne- it kind of needs. Where at this point, to a large degree, Arizona doesn't isn't as interested in trying to be balanced. Right. They're more interested in just trying to move the football, and perhaps the better way to move the football is given their skill advantages. Uh, certainly, based on today's performance through the air.
0: Yeah, there's a couple things, though, that especially when they get down, though, in the goal line, I do worry a little bit that they can't run the ball in tight spaces. Um, I think you saw that. There were multiple times, especially when Arizona starts first in goal. I think it was at the three-yard line, and they try two passes, then they get stuffed. That's something they got to rectify because I think that kind of goes to your point where – um, I think that kind of goes to the point that you were talking about right there, John Schuster, where – um. Yes, it's cool to be able to have all of this, but you also need to be able to run the ball. And while they can run the ball, I don't think they can run the ball in tight spaces when necessary. And that leaves points on the board.
1: Well, teams and and, and, and that's true, uh, but teams that don't have particularly good offensive lines and Arizona's offensive line is better. It's improved. They try. They're not you know, at a level that uh, there there are a lot of lines across from them that are better than they are at this stage. And that's one of the growing elements when you're trying to make teams better. The last places that you're able to fill those gaps is along the lines. There are a lot of teams out there that are OK, that have the same problem. Arizona looks like it may very well be one of those teams. As a result, we'll see how creative uh, the Wildcat coaching staff is in trying to get things available to see if Arizona can punch it in when they get into the red zone.
0: Right. Have- have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, John Schuster, code word, PHNX?
1: Wait, wait, wait. There's a, there's a, wait. Now, now I've heard of this miraculous, magical entity called DraftKings, but you're telling me there's a DraftKings Sportsbook app?
0: Here's what I'm going to tell you, too. I'm going to go a little bit further in depth right now. Here's what you have to do. If you bet just new customers, keep in mind new customers, you bet $5 on any NFL team and you get $200 in free bets if they win, that's simple, that easy. But here's where it gets better, and I feel bad because i got to read off the script because there's so much more stuff on here as well. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings, and DraftKings stepped up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down – on stepped up same game parlays once per day, once per game day, all season long. It's simple. As we talked about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Um, again, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Back the A-ray, putting it right there. We're growing, man. And appreciate all of you guys. Also want to tell you about Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX. Now you might say, where could I get that? You can get that up in Phoenix, obviously, at the uh, Four Peaks Bar, or you can come to our watch parties here for a wave of uh, football games at Tap and Bottle downtown, where they will have all kinds of Four Peaks deals. Again, 21 and up. Uh, enjoy responsibly, but check it out, though, again, um, and check the show notes for all of the details. Now, with uh, by the way, Back the A-Ray is such a good name. I like that. Four Peaks Brewery is the official brewery of Kevin Sumlin. Well, you know what? I'm sure that he's probably, I'm sure that he's probably partaking a little bit as well. You know what? If that's true, it's good drinking. I was it's great drinking. And you know what? The man probably knows is alcohol. So we'll just put it to you like that. Now, on the defensive side, and we're gonna flip back to the offense here. Um, the defense, I hate saying this because I was hoping that there would be some improvement from last year. I don't know that I really see much difference in the defense. I know they forced a few other turnovers, but it does feel like teams can just kind of beat up Arizona defensively when they want. Yes, I know Colorado only scored 20 points. I get that, but you kind of got the sense that um you kind of got the sense that, you know, it's kind of the same unit.
1: Perhaps a more notable statistic is that Colorado was a little bit above its total yardage in this matchup. And that's indicative of an Arizona defense not being as good as some of the other teams that they've seen, Uh, which tells you, you know, where Arizona is and how they have to improve. And the problem is going to continue to be in two facets, Arizona's inability to get pressure on the quarterback consistently and Arizona's ability to be able to inability relative inability to be able to stop the run. They're going to have to do clever things to try to make up the difference. They're going to have to have to hope that they can force turnovers. But I think there are going to be a lot of games uh, coming up, especially over the course of the next couple months, where, you know, they're going to get beat up. And it's going to be frustrating because you want the team to be better. You know that they need to improve to make the step that the, the difference right now is Arizona is a team moving toward a bowl game. That if their defense was a little bit more advanced, maybe could sneak into a bowl game. Right, right. Uh, and 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 it looks like they're going to give up a lot of points. They're going on the ground. It's going to be a problem. Their their ability to stop the run is going to be an issue, and they're going to have to figure out uh, some ways to be able to alleviate that. And some of the teams on the schedule are going to be very difficult matchups for them. Again, this is year and a half. We're at a point where, you know, Arizona's advancements are generally good, but there are still issues on the table. It's pretty glaring and clear what those issues are, and hopefully they'll be addressed in the offseason.
0: You know, I wanted to go back and I wanted to ask you about something because one of the great things about John Schuster besides being my best friend, he's also a uh, he's a historian. He's lived the that could be an indictment on me, that could be a compliment towards John Schuster. Uh,
1: especially the living for a while you were about to get into, yeah, he's been around for centuries. He
0: remembers that
1: near yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, 17th well, well, century, 18th century, Renaissance, Dark Ages, Enlightenment, all of the above.
0: We're going to get to this in a second. I don't agree I don't agree with this mindset here from cosmic contrarian even though that's a great name uh, we're gonna get back to that in just a second but um schuster when I'm yes, looking at the, when I'm looking at it I look at this Arizona defense right now and there's some I think there's some really good young talented players but there's just not a lot of difference makers out there and I think at some point you kind of wonder at what point do you just start playing a lot of young guys and kind of take their lumps and I wanted to ask you about you know your historical reference with the desert swarm um where Yes, Dick Tomey played a lot of true freshmen, a lot of sophomores. Granted, these are guys like Teddy Bruschi, Rob Waldrop, Brandon Sanders, guys that you could go on and on that are some of the best players in school history. But did you get a sense, even though those teams struggled, that defensively they were a year or two away from being pretty good? And then I want to kind of traverse that into current day.
1: It felt like some potential was there. Uh, Anybody who suggests to you that Arizona's performance in 1991, when they were four and seven, was going to be a harbinger of what that defense became in 92. 93, a harbinger 94. of honesty? Uh, then they would be. It would be a harbinger of dishonesty if anyone was telling you that they had a true idea of how good that defense was going to be. Uh, but you know, and, and if you talk to our mutual pal Anthony Jamino, Jamino, who's a who's a more in depth historian than I am, will. Uh, let you know that there were some folks who were disappointed that Arizona pulled red shirts on some of those uh, players and wish that they had been around even potentially another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there, even in that regard, there, there was some debate. But there was clearly some athleticism there and some physicality and the try-hard aspect of that team uh, was obvious. Even though they took their lumps uh, in that season, they gave it some effort and uh, were able to hold and maybe improve a little bit as the season moved along and about halfway through maybe three or four games into that 92 season was when that defense started to be really scary. And uh, so they took a step. It's not always a step. And I'm, and one of the things I'm curious about, about the rest of this year too, we look at the progress as being, well, what happened in year one, what happened in year two, and what happened in year three? Sometimes you see it, you see the light bulb work from week four to week five. Right, you don't right, understand right. why you don't necessarily, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense, but something clicks and a team improves notably in the course of the middle of the year. And right. that's kind of what I'm hoping to see from Arizona a little bit here, uh, as a, a, again, as things move along. So, you know, it, it's what, Hey, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with your perspective at this stage, there's still a long-term investment going on. If Arizona's defense isn't performing well enough, even though you think you have a depth chart, if there's somebody who tries harder and does something a little bit more fundamental, I don't see any problem necessarily playing that person.
0: Or yeah, those people. I think it, I think at some point you start taking your lumps a little bit. But again, you're also Arizona's also three and two. And I think it's important for people to be able to remember this. And I'm going to get to Cosmic Contrarian's point there in a second. But I think it's also important for people to realize that. You know, going into this year, your over-under in Vegas was three wins. Over-under on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX was three wins. Started at two Mm -hmm. and a half, went to three. That's interesting. I know
1: some people who got in at two and a half and are very happy tonight.
0: I knew some people as well. But now, I don't buy the argument too. and again, I'm not beating up on Cosmic Contrarian because, again, we appreciate everybody hopping on here. Um, But when you say, when people say, well, you can't win another game until ASU, Arizona, if you followed Arizona football over the years, Arizona generally, when they're not just terrible, terrible, they generally beat a team that you shouldn't really beat. You look around the Pac-12 and while the Pac-12 solid, it's not like you're playing Alabama and Georgia every single week. You've got games that are winnable. I know UCLA looked good against Washington, but UCLA also snuck out the back door against what was it? Southern Alabama, South South Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. South Alabama with a uh, you know with a field goal or uh, with a field although goal in or,
1: fairness to them they have the second longest winning streak in the country right now hundred yeah, percent but nevertheless you're right they they cool. they did not look again uh, they did not look good again in a South Alabama game in a game they should have lost uh,
0: well, but you know what. Well, Washington st- Washington State same way. Washington State barely beat UNLV. Yeah, I've watched UNLV. UNLV's awful. So it's all about when you play in those games. And again, Arizona has the offense to be able to stay in a lot of games. The problem again will be the defense, I would assume. But I do I would I have a hard time believing that Arizona won't win one game before they get to ASU. We'll get to that ASU game in a minute, but I always thought before the year if you get if Arizona gets five wins, I don't care how it's done. I don't care how good these teams turn out to be. That is a massive step in the right direction, mainly because what Jed Fish inherited was a team that lost 20 straight games or, you know, 12 straight games went into right. 20. And straight then added
1: games. to it, and, and the talent from the last regime made it yes, more difficult. Exactly. So you right. can
0: easily sell. We already know that Jed Fish can recruit. You can easily sell that. Okay, listen. I came in here. Here's what I inherited. We brought in a top 25 class. We went from one win to five wins. Now, granted, I think next year, if you get to five wins, you need to be able to get into that seven win realm. But five wins to me would be a an A plus job, quite frankly, when you look at what he inherited and where we're at.
1: Yeah, Arizona's moving in a good direction, right? Uh, and there's and it's so early, you can't tell what the peak is. You can't tell how far down the road it is. It depends on you know a, a two or three recruiting classes still ahead of it. But fish has done a phenomenal job getting Arizona to obviously move in an appropriate direction. So that's right. that's all excellent. Do they have problems? Clearly, could they lose the remainder of the games on the schedule? Yeah. On a, but I uh, that that's all a pos all of those things are a possibility but but if you just look at the talent from last year to this year Arizona clearly has is better so if you keep getting better that's good news and you keep and, and then you're moving in the right direction you start to st- get depth and stack some recruiting classes uh, then you're in position where you can do some positive things Arizona is absolutely moving in the right direction the trajectory is good and uh, Again, there might be a lot of frustration. I expect there to be a lot of frustration over the course of the next couple months. But Arizona's uh, direction again is good. One of the, the one of the points that you were generally getting to is the the tendency in this conference. It's not just Arizona. It's the tendency in this conference as a whole to be able to you know have an upset here and there. The Pac-12 has what I think the Pac-12 is good. Yeah, uh, I think it's a solid you know, conference for I, sure. I think there are two, maybe three teams in this league who have 10-win talent, Utah, USC, Oregon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's a bunch of teams who have eight-win talent. I think Cal's an eight-win team. Washington State, eight-win talent. They're not all all obviously going to win win eight wins. But up and down the line, you know, a lot of – Oregon State's an eight-win talent team. I think Cal's an eight-win talent team. Washington State's an eight-win talent team. Uh, there, a, a lot of those are on that list, and Arizona plays a bunch of those from this point on. Uh, so, But if you're competitive at four or five-win talent, which I think Arizona is, can you knock off one of those teams? Yeah, un- without a doubt. And see, that's get, where I'm at, you can too. Get a because... w in, and, and, and Mike, this, this harkens back to where I was frustrated, and I think a lot of folks were frustrated. If you're looking long uh, about last week's Cal game, had you knocked off Cal, you're staring at 4-1 and one right now, yeah. and then you're looking at the possibility that if you can just do a little bit, you can get into a bowl game, right. which is an amazing accomplishment in year two, considering where Arizona was. It becomes a lot more difficult to pluck off multiple teams, I think, on the schedule, but is Arizona gonna get one maybe here or there prior to that ASU matchup? I think that's absolutely
0: hey, a possibility. By the, by the way, our good buddy of both of ours, Matt Mulebach, just messaged me and he said, "Mark it down. Arizona is gonna beat USC at home. I love it." Matt Mulebach, Mister Triple Double himself, Ooh, putting it down. I like that, Matty M. I'm in on that one right there. ASU
1: um, is being competitive against uh, USC tonight. Well, and that's NLA.
0: but that's also too where I'm looking at. While I think the Pac-12 is a great or is a very good conference, I don't think that there's any there. There isn't a team outside of Utah. Utah, I think, is is a terrible matchup for Arizona. Yeah, mainly because for obvious reasons they're bigger. They're more you know they're bigger. They're stronger. They're just you know farther along than Arizona is right now. Obviously, but USC when you watch them and I've watched them quite a bit. The one thing with USC that's fascinating is, yes, they've got a lot of physical talent. They've always had a lot of physical talent. But ASU's hanging in there with them right now. If you watched ASU this year, they're not very good. Um, so if USC was really you know, the team that I think that a lot of people thought that they were going to be, this would be a game where they would be destroying ASU. So again, I don't know that I'm going as far as our guy Matt Muehlbach, but I also don't look at that as a guaranteed loss either. They're really the only game I look at and say – that's probably a loss is Utah.
1: Well, you know, UCLA looked nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh and 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 the matchup aspect that UCLA brings, because UCLA wants to run the football. Right. And Arizona's not stopping the run. Right. If uh, so uh USC car uh rather UCLA carved up Washington last mm-hmm. night. Washington has a better defense than Arizona does. That's not a good matchup. Are you saying think, are you
0: you're really going on a limb there, John Schuster?
1: I it, yes, I, I definitely am. Uh there are a lot of there are a lot of teams on this schedule that let's not get overexcited. Arizona's three and two. And let's not get overexcited about Colorado. It's likely that Colorado is the worst team on Arizona's schedule. Mm-hmm. So knocking off Colorado is not a massive triumph that's going to catapult Arizona to a seven-game win streak. Right. Uh, that that's we've, we've talked about how their defense is a problem. They did very little tonight to suggest otherwise that that's the case. Right. Um, again, are they going to pluck? a game here and there. They're going to be an underdog for the rest of the year, Mike, mm-hmm. up until the ASU game. And I don't know what the line is on that, on that one's going to be, but they're not going to be a favorite in any of the games they play the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason for that. Right. Uh, and uh, so, you know, there, there are going, I think there are going to be a fair amount of difficult matchups on the slate for, for sure.
0: Arizona. Just got to get, but, in my opinion though, you just got to get one again. Yeah, you got to get, I,
1: and, and, and And I would put it better than 50-50 that Arizona is going to get one of those, going to get a win against somebody before it faces uh, ASU.
0: Cosmic contrarian, here's what I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you, first of all, you should be on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. But I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to agree with John Schuster that I think it's far more likely than 50% that Arizona is going to get a win in there, just because that's generally how it is. On top of that, when you've got an explosive offense, I get that Arizona's defense isn't good, but Arizona's going to be able to put points up on about anybody. I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Now, you know, some games it might be 40-plus, some games it might be 30, but I think that Arizona's going to be able to put points on a lot of different teams.
1: And a team like UCL uh, USC could be a shootout. You know, mm-hmm. coming into this game, USC was scoring, what, 50 points a game? So right. Arizona's defense would have all kinds of problems uh, with that matchup. But you know, if you make the mistake of looking ahead, Arizona at home against Oregon, Oregon runs a style that's a problem. Arizona Correct. against Washington at Washington, yuck. Uh, I, I know Washington got throttled uh, yesterday. Made made a nice rally to make make it look close, but they were they were overwhelmed. That's a that's a nasty game. You got USC mm-hmm. here, which Mulebach tells us is winnable. It's winnable because both teams score a lot of points and SC hasn't necessarily been a consistently proven commodity on the defensive end. Utah's nasty. UCLA, I think, is nasty. Washington State's underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unfortunate thing about this schedule is that they don't see Stanford and don't see Oregon State. I know. And, I think, right. and And Stanford, I think, is beatable because they're not very good. Oregon State, I think, is a potentially good matchup for Arizona because they're relatively one-dimensional offensively, and their quarterback isn't particularly good. So, you know, it, it isn't an easy schedule. There's a lot of talent across from them, and uh, Arizona has its work ahead to try to make things right and keep its head up. Even if things get difficult, as I and I think most of us suspect it will be.
0: All right, I want to tell you guys about Tap and Bottle. This is the place you need to go for all of the away Arizona football games. Tap and Bottle downtown. Scott and Rebecca, longtime friends of ours, they know Shu. Our good friend Kevin Woodman will be in town for the next one, October fifteenth. And uh, all of you that know uh, Uncle Kev. It's he's going to be making his triumphant uh, return to Tucson for the week or for the weekend. So it's going to be fun to see him up there. We're all going to be up there. So again, come join us. Um, great deals Four Peaks Brewery. Um, got all kinds of good stuff in there. Like I said, Uncle Kev's going to be in the house. He's really looking forward to it. So it'd be great for all of you to join us. We had a great show in last week. Um, I would or I would recommend uh, getting there early if you can because I would imagine that there's going to be a pretty big crowd right there. Um, okay, now, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this ASU situation right there. Oh, by the way, Jaden Delora, we need to uh, we need to talk about this because I haven't done a good job of talking about this. Um, Jaden Delora tied my hero, Tom Tunnicliffe. Ask Schuster if he remembers Tom Tunnicliffe. Yes. John, John Schuster remembers Tom Tunnicliffe. You got six touchdowns tonight. Um, this is a guy that, as long as he's the quarterback at uh, Arizona, I think they're in pretty good shape. You know, again, when you bring in the Pac 12 freshman of the year, you expect them to be good, but sometimes you need to see things. Some things don't really, uh, sometimes they don't pan out. But his chemistry with his receivers, obviously, is very good. And what he can also do is he, he can move around, he can extend plays, and he can make plays with his legs, maybe in a way that a little bit of a Tom Tunnicliffe did, also an undersized quarterback, John Schuster.
1: I think your uh, comparison to uh, Matt Scott is better. Uh in I that, that. Uh, Ton, ton of cliff was a pretty prototypical old pro style pocket quarterback. Very Little, good.
0: Shorter could, guy
1: could make all the passes. Mm-hmm. Uh and and had Arizona highly ranked at uh one point. At one point, uh in one of, ton of cliffs years, Arizona was undefeated and ranked third in the country before things kind of derailed on him. Mm-hmm. Uh and and ton, ton, ton of cliff was a big reason for that. Anyway,
0: uh for the derailing
1: th- th- uh Sure. Uh, whereas, to a large degree, uh, if you look at Delora, it is uh, the same situation. Right. Uh, and based on what we've seen so far, and we talked about this a couple post games ago, uh, if Delora puts up good numbers, Arizona's got a shot. If Delora struggles, Arizona's in trouble. Right. And uh, in Arizona's wins, what did we talk about? Delora put up good numbers. In Arizona's losses, what did we talk about? Arizona struggled. In the cow game, DeLora has a good fa- uh, first half and a bad second half. Right. And, you know, when those things happen, it puts Arizona in a difficult position. There's still inconsistency there. But when he has time, he can make a lot of good throws and he has uh, plenty of good receivers to find out there uh, to make things happen. So those are obviously positives. You'll want him to be more consistent, but I think a lot of the consistency here is Arizona's front line and how much pressure better teams can put on him because then Delora, I think, gets into happy feet panic mode a little bit. And then he makes bad decisions. He's very young. He's got to be a little bit more consistent, but he probably needs a slightly better offensive line as well.
0: One thing, though, that Jed Fish, you got to give him total kudos for, and I think this is something that he's going to really have to address in the uh, – um, in the offseason, but he's shown that he can do it, is he knows what he's doing with the transfer portal. I mean, again, the portal's obviously a thing that's co- totally changed college football. Jaden Delora was obviously a big hit. Um, Jacob Cowing has been a massive hit so far. DJ Williams at running back's been big. Hunter Eccles, Tanner McLaughlin, another guy out of the portal. The, so he understands the transfer portal. It's just going to be fascinating to see if he can get – those guys on defense though, like he was able to get on offense because the thing that's exciting about this offense is it's a fairly young offense. So you got to imagine they're going to be pretty good next year. Whereas the one thing that you got to find out is, can you get some difference makers on defense? Because if you can get some difference makers on defense, then I think it makes that seven win hope for that third year, much more realistic.
1: Mike, why is Utah good?
0: Because it's a system. Every single year, you get the same guys. They work out, you know, they sit for a couple years. They come in then as a sophomore or a junior. They're a little older. They're a little more mature. And they're ready to take place of the guys in front of them that did the exact same thing.
1: And they have access to defensive linemen in abundance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and offensive linemen in abundance. Mm -hmm. Their line makes them a 10-win football program. No doubt. There is no reason based on recruiting proximity Uh, why Utah should be a top-tier program in this conference, but it is. And the reason it is, is because of its front-line play. It it took a little while to get there, but when they were able to get depth and get that aspect of the system in line, they were a problem. When Stanford was good, why was Stanford good? They had the best lines in the conference. The great teams have great defensive line play, and excellent offensive lines. Right. Then there's everybody else. And Arizona right now is just trying to be like everybody else. Uh, they aren't even really that advanced. Most of the teams they see from this point on are going to have better talent on the lines than they do. That's the area that every team wants to recruit. And because of that, there just aren't that many out there. Right. But Arizona has to figure out some pipeline ways utilizing the transfer portal or some impressive recruiting elements. Uh, to be more solid on as they say in the trenches and if Arizona can make those steps then a lot of the other stuff is going to fall into place
0: yeah and you see and see that makes sense too and they've shown too that it can be done um Mike Stoops, but listen, under Rich Rod, under Kevin Sumlin, there weren't good defensive linemen outside of Scooby Wright. We already know that. But Dick Tomey, it goes without saying the kind of some of the players that he was able to produce on the defensive line. You look at Mike Stoops. Mike Stoops, you know, had a year where he had Earl Mitchell, a D tackle, Ricky Elmore and um uh Brooks Reed on the outside, three NFL players right there. It can be done. Um, it's just those guys, like you said, you either have to be, you either have to have an in or you have to be able to evaluate those players. Um, I wanted to ask, answer a couple questions here. Uh, Fernando Parra says, is there a better combination of QBs receivers in the conference? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, honestly, because I think what makes Arizona unique is that you've got three of them. And, um, that kind of goes in with what, uh, Nathan Dyer asks. He said, is Cowling coming back next season? I wonder if he's ready to play. Um, if Cowan keeps this up, I'd have a hard time believing that he would come back mainly because he's not going to get any taller and he's catching for 150 yards each game.
1: And it looks like the speed element and his ability to separate makes him very appealing potentially at the next level.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, William Brett Alice uh, has hopped in here in a second. We're going to talk about that, but I also want to tell you about game time. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site for all kinds of stuff. Foot or a basket or any kind of sporting event, concerts, you name it. um, That's shows. That's what you do. You can save up to 60% on tickets, right? And last minute, it's great for all you procrastinators out there. And we had a guy on the post game show. I apologize. I don't remember who it was. Who said that he used Game Time and he got in and it was absolutely fantastic? If you love PHNX, then you love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. We all love it. We love Game Time right there. Brad Alice, miss me? We do miss you, Brad. We'd love to have you back on when you can make it, but you weren't able to make it, so you
1: you'd better make it next week because uh, it's just going to be me, the- Brad. Uh-huh. You're gonna to- yeah. Right. The pressure is on, Brad Alice. Oh, by Brad the way, Alice better show some good line play and show up.
0: You, you mentioned, uh, I thought this was interesting. I'm going to sh- uh, shoot a, a little barb at our good friend Kevin Woodman here, who is a big David Shaw fan. Question from White Panda 10. This How has Stanford gotten so bad they were on top of the pack not long ago? I've always thought Shaw was a very average coach. I think that he inherited a very good thing that Jim Harbaugh had going there. and Granted, he sustained it. But whenever I watch Stanford, I know exactly what they are going to do. There's never any um, outside-the-box thinking. It's the epitome of if it's fourth and one on the opponent's 40, well, they're going to punt it. Um, You know exactly what they're going to do. It's a very conservative style. And if he doesn't get players, I don't think that he's the kind of coach that can make up for that, and I think that's where you're at right now.
1: I'm perplexed. Uh, I I, I thought the fall of – The precipitous fall of Stanford has admittedly surprised me. I liked what they had in place, and it seemed like they were a school. Obviously, you want to go to from an academic standpoint. That helps a great deal, but with the number of the way that they played on the line with uh, some of their notable uh, performers who have been successful in the NFL, you'd think that they'd be able to continue that momentum, and it just hasn't happened. Right After COVID, and I don't know. Where the yeah. I don't know if COVID had anything to do with it or it sidetracked them or threw them off their game a little bit, but they just haven't recovered, and it's been it's been a tough time up there.
0: I want to go on a shoe rant run here. One, oh, thing one thing I sweet, one thing I dirt. don't, one thing I don't like, and I'm not picking on Jed Fish here, although I am going to be picking on Jed Fish because every coach does this. I hate 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 chasing points in the first quarter, in the second quarter of games when you miss a field or when you miss an extra point, because every time it seemingly happens, a game that's close, if you don't get the two points, it comes back and bites you. I don't understand why coaches feel the need to go for two with midway through the second quarter it makes no sense to me and generally I think it comes back to bite them in the butt more often than it doesn't and Arizona did that today obviously it didn't bite them in the butt but I've never understood that because I don't think it works
1: yeah it, it, it wasn't particularly it wasn't the high point of uh, Arizona today uh and, and at one point you know what 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 was it 12 to 7 or 13 to 7 or something like that and and then they uh you know it's 19 to 7 uh, so I guess it was 13 to 7 then it's 19 to 7 and they just insist on going for just kick just give the extra point a go right uh and 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 they decided not to do that and then it's 19 to 7 and you start to get a little bit concerned about what might be but uh yeah I, I I don't disagree with you on that front too sometimes just You don't necessarily need to be greedy because you're constantly chasing it. And I'm sure there's a lot of algorithms and uh, analytics out there that uh, say that that's the way to go. But when you get into practical game situations, it doesn't seem to be a model that works. And I think to a large degree, the reason that it doesn't work as consistently is because you need a larger sample size in basketball, in baseball. Yeah. In hockey, you've got a lot of regular season games, so you can have a game work against you. Let's use hockey as an example. There, there, there are a lot of people that say now don't uh, try to shoot it at an empty net; just clear the puck. And the reason is that uh, there's some analytics formula that says once you get it back into your zone, there's a slightly larger percentage that you can give up a goal, and it works against you. So, uh, Oh, but over the course of the season, in a game or two, here when that doesn't work, it's not that big a deal, right? In college football and the pros, if the analytics work against you in one or two games, that can keep you out of the playoffs or keep you out of maybe a bowl game. Uh, so, I think you ha- I think coaches need to be a lot more careful yeah. about some of those numbers when you just don't have a when you have a lot more viability in regards to the limited sample size ahead of you. And I think that's, right. they're they're ex- really enamored with that sort of thing, but I'm not sure it works as well in football simply because of the relative limitation of games in front of you.
0: All right, everybody out there, uh, over 100 comments. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Um, appreciate all of you in a big way. Um, John Schuster, you're the man you're going to be, uh, you'll be out of town next week. So William, hopefully you can hop on. If not, it might just be me, but you know what? I've done it before I can do that. But, um, Arizona now three and two on the season. Again, as we told you before on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, if you'd taken the over two and a half, you'd be sitting pretty. But heck, even if you got into three, you're probably going to be sitting pretty there as well. But, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be on 1230. Our guy Matt Muehlbach going to be coming on, talking some red blue, talking some uniforms, all kinds of good stuff. But John Schuster is always appreciate you, my man.
1: Good seeing you, man. Have a good one. Always a pleasure.
0: Everybody rock out there the again, goodness, right, Be for sure. awesome but, and rock the goodness and the colored shirt. Yeah. Yes, so, but bro, every, absolutely that. Appreciate all of you guys. Though, again, you're the ones that make this happen. It doesn't happen without you. We will be back to with you tomorrow. But again, thanks a ton. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.